Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. We're back. Hi. We're back. <laughs> this is Emily. And this is Rachel. You know, sometimes life just throws you a curveball. <laughs> sometimes you blink twice and it's the end of October. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but we are back now. We are back and we're going to do kind of a sequel to one of our mini-sodes that we did a while ago. The books that we are reading, and we are going to give you guys book recs because we are voracious readers, um, and we support our local library. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to start with a duology, but I'm going to talk about each book separately. So the first one I'm recommending is The Roommate by Rosie Dannon. I thought this was really good. It was pretty juicy. It's not super intense. The concept of this was really good. So I'm going to read to you the teaser on the back of the book. The Wheatons are infamous among the East Coast elite for their lack of impulse control, except for their daughter, Clara. She's the consummate socialite, overachieving, well-mannered, predictable. But every Wheaton has their weakness. When Clara's childhood crush invites her to move cross-country, the offer is too much to resist. Unfortunately, it's also too good to be true. Mm. After... I know, right? (laughs) After a bait and switch, Clara finds herself sharing a lease with a charming stranger. Josh might be a bit too perceptive, not to mention handsome, for comfort. (laughs) But there's a good chance he and Clara could have survived sharing the summer sublet if she hadn't looked him up on the internet. (sighs) Once she learns how Josh has made a name for himself... Claire realizes living with him might make her the Wheaton's most scandalous story yet. His professional prowess inspires her to take tackling the stigma against female desire into her own hands. They may not agree on much, but Josh and Clara both believe that women deserve better sex. (laughs) Hell yeah, Josh. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What they decide to do about it will change both of their lives. And if they're lucky, they'll help everyone else get lucky too. So this is about a woman who is totally in love with her best friend who is very dismissive. Mm. Um, And she moves across the country to be his, you know, roommate. And then he's like, actually, my band is going on tour. Goodbye. And leaves her totally in a ditch. But he ends up subletting the other room in his house that he, of course, got for free. And the person who rents it is an adult performer. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting. When I found this out, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. So spicy. It is not as spicy as you think it's going to be. So if that kind of stuff really embarrasses you, honestly, I say give this a chance. There are spicy moments, but it's definitely not a 10 out of 10 on the spice level. I'd say it's more like a seven and a half. Hmm. So give it a try. I thought that the books, this and its sequel, had a lot of empathy for people in Uh, sex work and that is important you know trying to diminish the stigma associated Mm. with sex work and sex workers and you really don't find that many romance novels with sex workers as love interests so there are always some sad side character yeah i'm I'm also taking these down for myself as well (laughs) (laughs) the recommendations for me as well i bully rachel into reading so many books well, I, I like smutty books too, but I just like, you'll see in my recommendations, like I tend to heavily veer towards fantasy and like some adult fantasy has sex in it, but it's not like a sexy book, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. 
I like having this as an escape from that sometimes. Sometimes you just want to, like, read a good scene. Mm-hmm. And fantasy books rarely provide that because they're so focused on the plot. Sometimes you need a character-driven story. Yes, thank you. So why don't you do your first rec? Okay, so all of my recommendations are actually series. So I'm going to read you the the teaser of like the first book in the series. This one I just started reading. So if it turns out to be bad at the end, don't blame me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's the uh, Monstrous Heart Trilogy by Claire McKenna. Um, And this was me literally searching on Libby, which is a free Mm -hmm. library app in which you can listen to free audiobooks and read that's where we do all of our stuff exactly you can read books for free on your kindle or on the app itself but anyways i was looking for fantasy and romance together and this is kind of like there are a lot of like (laughs) in the results there are a lot of like very cringy like (laughs) his werewolf dick and like things like that and i was like no that's not really what i'm looking for werewolf dick you say (laughs) but like it's just like the covers are so cringy like i remember looking at covers like that when i would go to the library with my mom and i'd be like these are ridiculous (laughs) but anyways sorry so the monstrous heart trilogy starts with the book monstrous heart so i'm gonna read you like the back cover teaser for that When Arden Beacon is sent to the lighthouse, she is simply a woman with a job to do. She neither seeks nor expects distraction. After years tainted by disappointment, Arden is finally taking up her family's profession. She must prove herself worthy of her name, for she has nothing else. But the coast she has been tasked with lighting is far from the world she knows. The salt-swept backwater town of Vigil is battered by a sea teeming with colossal ancient beasts. It is a place of secrets, rumors, and tight-lipped expectations of a woman's place. More than anyone, the folk of Vigil whisper about Arden's new neighbor, Jonah Riven, hunter of Leviathans. He murdered his wife, they whisper, a perfect golden girl, full of charm and potential. So very different to Arden Beacon. They say he is as much a monster as his prey, but Arden cannot get this dark stranger out of her head. So, um, (laughs) there is obviously the romance subplot there, Mm -hmm. but... I really like this book series because it sets up a world that is adjacent to our own. So it's not like so off base. It's not like Middle Earth. It feels like they're talking about our world. It's just uh, they still have things like plesiosaurs and there's Mm -hmm. some magic involved in there as well. And there's obviously (laughs) they have something literally called the Eugenic Society. Um, (laughs) and And they're not good people. So like... There are, like, strange parallels. It's not so, like, high fantasy that you're in a completely different world, but I do like that it kind of takes you out of the real world a little bit. I feel like the main character is a little bit wishy-washy, but I also like that she isn't a Mary Sue, necessarily. And if you've never heard the term Mary Sue before, it's just someone that's, like, perfect in every way. Like, her character, Arden's character, has flaws. And she's, like, wishy-washy with how she feels mm-hmm. about things and how she perceives things. Like, she's not perfect. So I like that. And anyways, I'm on book two right now of this trilogy. And I, I think it's going pretty well. That's my first recommendation. My second recommendation is the direct sequel to The Roommate. It's called The Intimacy Experiment, and it's by Rosie Dannon. And it stars Josh's ex-girlfriend slash business partner from the first book. Okay. She is also an adult performer. So 
Naomi Grant has built her life around going against the grain. After the sex-positive startup she co-founded becomes an international sensation, she wants to extend her educational platform to live lecturing. Unfortunately, despite her long list of qualifications, higher ed won't hire her. Ethan Cohen has recently received two honors. LA Mag named him one of the city's hottest bachelors, and he became a rabbi of his own synagogue. Taking a gamble in an effort to attract more millennials to the faith, the executive board hired Ethan because of his non-traditional background. Unfortunately, his shul is low on both funds and congregants. The board gives him three months to turn things around, or else they'll close the doors of his synagogue for good. Naomi and Ethan join forces to host a buzzy seminar series on modern intimacy, the perfect solution to their problems. Until they discover a new one, they're growing attraction to each other. They've built the syllabus for love's latest experiment, but neither of them expected to be the ones putting it to the test. Aww. Yeah, so it has a former uh, adult performer slash entrepreneur, Naomi, and a young rabbi, Ethan. This is, like, even better than the first book. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It, it goes even deeper into stigma about sex work and just shame in general relating to sex, but also talking about faith in regards to sex and intimacy and love and discrimination. And it's really good. Like, I really, really love Ethan the Rabbi. It's so good. And... As a Jew, I loved how Jewish this book was. Like, usually <laughs> that's a pretty rare thing yeah. in romance novels. Um, and this is extremely Jewish. But if you are not of the faith, you can still enjoy this book. You know, oh, of course. it explains yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this book was directly targeted at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just really good. I definitely give this one five out of five. My second recommendation will not be a surprise to Emily because she's the one who recommended to me first. Um, <laughs> but this series is The League of Extraordinary Women by Evie Dunmore. Yes! I think we talked about it a little bit in our mini-sode, um, but in case you didn't listen to that or it's been too long and you forgot, this, I think it's a trilogy or is it a quadrology? It has four books. Okay. But the fourth one isn't out yet. So we're waiting on the fourth book, but right now it is three books. Um, the first book in the series is Bringing Down the Duke, which actually isn't Emily or I's favorite um, from this series. <laughs> I think we have the same favorite one. The second one? Yes, that's the one with yes. uh, Lucy, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So Emily and I really like the second <laughs> book the best, but the first book is still fine. It's still good. I'm going to read you the teaser for this, but basically the the premise of this book series is about the suffragette movement in the uh, late 1800s in uh, England. And it focuses on kind of like this group of women and um, their like love stories, I guess. But it also infuses like the fight for women's suffrage and how that complicates everything. Mm -hmm. And boy, does it complicate it. And it really fucking complicates it in all of their lives. So it doesn't feel just like a romance book wipe your hands one and done like it feels connected to history the stakes feel real and make sense well i mean there's like jail time as right. a stake. <laughs> like, yeah i just really love this book series and i'm very excited for the fourth book too i forgot that that was coming out but yes very excited for that next okay. year yes <laughs> all right so to set the tone for bringing down the duke it's it's back cover england 1879 
Annabelle Archer, the brilliant but destitute daughter of a country vicar, has earned herself a place among the first cohort of female students at the renowned University of Oxford. In return for her scholarship, she must support the rising women's suffragette movement, or suffrage movement. Her charge is to recruit men of influence to champion their cause. Her target, Sebastian Devereux, the cold and calculating Duke of Montgomery, who steers Britain's politics at the Queen's command. Her challenge? Not to give in to the powerful attraction she cannot deny for the man who opposes everything she stands for. Sebastian is appalled to find a suffragist squad has infiltrated his ducal home, but the real threat is his impossible feelings for the green-eyed beauty Annabelle. He is looking for a wife of equal standing to secure the legacy he's worked so hard to rebuild, not an outspoken commoner who could never be his duchess. But he wouldn't be the greatest strategist of the kingdom if he couldn't claim this alluring blue stocking without the promise of a ring. Or could he? Locked in a battle with rising passion and a will mashing her own, Annabelle will learn just what it takes to topple a duke. This book is really good. And yeah. like a lot of the time, um, when you have like a class difference in romance novels, mm-hmm. you know, the main conflict is I can only have you be my mistress because you're not uh, upper class and I could never marry you. And like that is the main struggle. And there is that in this book but there's also like women's rights <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as as a big conflict because the duke you know has political power mm-hmm. i like that there were two points of conflict in the story right yeah and that's kind of how it is with all the books which is why mm-hmm. i like it so much is that it's not just it's not just a romance story there's other important parts that play into it so anyways mm-hmm. league of extraordinary women by evie dunmore Three, soon to be four, fantastic books. So my next rec is a fade to black, closed door, completely, I don't like to use this word, clean, but that is how some people describe it. We really need a better term than clean (laughs) for books without sex, but here it is. It is The Bodyguard by Catherine Center. It's about a female bodyguard and her client, and her client is like a really famous a-hole celebrity. Think... Leonardo DiCaprio, like that. (laughs) So, Hannah Brooks looks a lot more like a kindergarten teacher than somebody who could kill you with a wine bottle opener, or a ballpoint pen, or a dinner napkin. But the truth is, she's an executive protection agent, aka bodyguard. And she just got hired to protect superstar actor Jack Stapleton from his middle-aged, corgi-breeding stalker. (laughs) Jack Stapleton's a household name. Captured by paparazzi on beaches the world over, famous for, among other things, rising out of the waves in all manner of clingy board shorts and glistening like a Roman deity. But a few years back, in the wake of a family tragedy, he dropped from the public eye and went off the grid. When Jack's mom gets sick, he comes home to the family's Texas ranch to help out. Only one catch. He doesn't want his family to know about his stalker. Or the bodyguard thing. And so Hannah, against her will and better judgment, finds herself pretending to be Jack's girlfriend as a cover, even though her ex, like a jerk, says no one will believe it. Hannah hardly believes it herself, but the more time she spends with Jack, the more real it all starts to seem. And there lies the heartbreak, because it's easy for Hannah to protect Jack. But protecting her own long-neglected heart? That's the hardest thing she's ever done. We got fake dating. We got bodyguards. We got celebrities. It's got it all. 
If it was set during Thanksgiving or Christmas, this could be a really spicy Hallmark movie. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Very that. (laughs) Yeah. And like in this, she has a really big blow up with the guy she was dating and her best friend. And like, I don't want to spoil it, but I was pretty satisfied with how that all worked out because sometimes I feel like people are too forgiving. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Like I said, there is no sex scenes in this. So if you're looking maybe for a fun romance novel to share with your mom, family member, maybe an older teen, this would be a good option. I'm sorry. I'm not going to throw my mom under the bus on this podcast, but she did make me read (laughs) Clan of the fucking Cave Bear when I was like in late middle school. They they fuck in that book. And then in high school, she was like, oh, you should read the the Sookie Stackhouse books. And they fuck in that book many times. <laughs> but there's always a murderer <laughs> lurking around. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Nancy's cool. I fuck with Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Okay. My third recommendation is, again, a series. Um, it's the Scholomance series by Naomi Novik. She just released the third book, so that's going to be a little bit of a wait on Libby. That's the only bad thing about the apps, the library app, is that for new releases, you kind of have to wait to listen to the audiobook or read the book. Um, but if you really can't wait, you can always just buy it. But Libby is a great option. If you don't have money to buy the book, you can just wait and then read it. So I'm going to read you the first books teaser this is a a a fantasy series it is definitely set in like a high school age of kids so if that's not your thing you don't have to read this but i kind of like the school setting i thought this one was fun to read so a deadly education is the first book and here's the teaser lesson one of the scholomance learning has never been this deadly A deadly education is set at Scholomance, a school for the magically gifted, where failure means certain death, for real, until one girl, Elle, begins to unlock its many secrets. There are no teachers, no holidays, and no friendships, save strategic ones. Survival is more important than any letter grade, for the school won't allow its students to leave until they graduate, or die. The rules are deceptively simple. Don't walk the halls alone and beware of the monsters who lurk everywhere. Elle is uniquely prepared for the school's dangers. She may be without allies, but she possesses a dark power strong enough to level mountains and wipe out millions. It would be easy enough for Elle to defeat the monsters that prowl the school. The problem? Her powerful dark magic might also kill all the other students. So kind of the premise of this book series is that Once students come of age and start, you know, getting their magic powers or whatever, and it's not everyone in the world, it's just some people, monsters specifically seek out young magical children and eat them um, to gain power and continue to reproduce, you know, the circle of life. (laughs) And when they become like magical adults, they are less like tasty, I guess, to the monsters so they don't get hunted as frequently. But to keep them quote unquote safe, the basically the magical adults created this school that kind of lives in another dimension. But somehow monsters infiltrated the school. So part of the graduation ceremony for this school is that they have to battle their way out of like the graduation hall which is full of like really awful monsters and like Mm -hmm. only some people quote-unquote graduate and the rest of them die um either 
going to school and everything like that or when they're trying to go through the graduation hall. So I think this book series is very interesting because she's in Scholomance for all of these books. And the whole time she's just trying to figure out how do I... How do I make it so that I can wipe out all the monsters in the graduation hall, number one? And number two, how do I make it so that everyone gets out alive, like no more deaths anymore? And the whole time she's struggling with this like dark, mysterious power, which seems like very OP and it is for her. But a lot of the time she can't use it because there is a way that you can store like mana um, and use that for magic power or you can use like life energy from things and her power kind of steers towards the life energy part so if she tries to do a really big spell she needs lots of mana it will start pulling from the life forces around her which is why she can't just solve everything with her you know deep dark magic power so there is some limitations on that but yeah i think it's a really interesting series and there is Uh, eventually some romance and stuff in there but it's mostly about this plot line like how do we make this school system better how do we make the way that we live better in the world so okay my final recommendation is a autobiography and it is i'm just a person by tig nataro and tig nataro is a stand-up comedian slash actor she is a butch lesbian I love her. (laughs) I've been a fan for a long time, um, but she really rose to fame after a viral comedy set where she's like, I have cancer. (laughs) Yeah. This is the back of the book. In the span of four months in 2012, Tignataro was hospitalized for a debilitating intestinal disease called C. diff. Her mother unexpectedly died. She went through a breakup and was diagnosed with bilateral breast cancer. Hit with this devastating barrage, Tig took her grief on stage. Days after receiving her cancer diagnosis, she broke new comedic ground, opening an unvarnished set with the words, Good evening, hello, I have cancer, how are you? Hi, how are you? Is everybody having a good time? I have cancer. Word of the set went viral instantly. This set was ultimately released as Tig's sophomore album, Live, which sold 100,000 units in just six weeks and was nominated for a Grammy. Now the wildly popular star, I wouldn't say wildly popular, but she is popular. Yes. (laughs) Gotta give a little embellishment on the back of your own book. (laughs) Yeah. Now the wildly popular star takes stock of that no good, very bad year. A difficult yet astonishing period in which tragedy turned into absurdity and despair into joy. And she is still alive. She's still kicking. She is cancer free. Thank God. You may know her um, because they took out a canceled comedian from some role because he was talking to underage girls mm-hmm. and in post they added her <laughs> like <laughs> she was never on set with the other people but they replaced the guy with tig and they just added all her scenes in post <laughs> so that's what you you may know her from and i just thought that um tig had a really strong voice if you listen to the audiobook she narrates it herself and It was really interesting, and I listened to the whole book in a day. It's rather short, and um, if you're a fan, I suggest you listen to it. Yes, yeah, she has, um, if you're trying to remember who that is, she has kind of like a dry, like deadpan type of humor, Mm -hmm. or at least that, in my opinion, that's kind of her style of comedy. She's not very, like, over the top. Um, She kind of just delivers things almost in a monotone, so (laughs) she is very funny. She had a YouTube show that was called Under a Rock because she doesn't 
watch movies or TV, even though she sometimes acts in them. So she doesn't really know a lot of modern celebrities. So she'd have this talk show where a celebrity would come on and she has no idea who this celebrity is. And throughout, she has to interview them. And throughout the interview, she is trying to figure out who they are. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lena Headley, uh, Cersei Lannister was one of the guests on there. So it's on YouTube. So that was our literary recommendations for you. If you have a favorite book series or a favorite book, let us know in the comments. Send us an email because we love getting recommendations for books. I am constantly bullying Rachel to read things. Rachel sends <laughs> stuff my way. Uh, yeah, we just enjoy it. And please support your local library. It's free. Yes. It is literally free. I'm going to take this time also to plug my dad's book. Okay. My father is retired and is an active social justice warrior. Um, <laughs> so he wrote about Marion County is where he lives in Florida. And Marion County is decidedly a red county, a Republican leaning county in Florida. And there is not a lot of history that is known about the Civil War in that area. And my dad particularly wanted to highlight a story about a group of Black Union soldiers that kind of risked it all to free slaves towards the end of the war when the white soldiers of the Union were just kind of like, oh, the war's going to be done soon. It's not worth the risk of doing that when, you know, the slaves are in such a uh, deeply entrenched part of the Confederacy. So... I'll read you the back cover description, but the name of the book is To Succeed Where Others Failed by Bruce Seaman. That's my father. Here is the back cover. In March 1865, with the Civil War nearly over, a 30-man team of mostly black Union soldiers traveled from Jacksonville 100 miles behind enemy lines for a crazy, daring raid in remote Marion County. Then they had to return on foot to St. Augustine, 80 miles from the target, knowing a crack Confederate cavalry unit would be hot on their trail. The Black Raiders planned the operation, employed their own strategy, were led by a Black sergeant major, no white officer, and carried out the mission. Why? They sought to do what white leaders never had, to succeed where others failed. Whitewashed by Confederacy apologists, this book reveals a clearer story of this amazing raid by courageous, determined men a keystone event in the black soldier's journey to gain acceptance, parity, and respect in the white man's army. So it's a history book, um, but I think it is a really cool snapshot of that time period in Florida, specifically if you're interested in Florida history, um, and particularly a look at history that is not so, like my dad says, whitewashed by Confederacy apologists, which a lot mm -hmm. of Civil War history books about the South are. <laughs> So I highly recommend it. Um, I have not read it myself, but my dad is a very good writer. He's been a pastor for forever, so he's good at writing, good at speaking. Is there an ebook available or is it only in print? There is an ebook version available and a print version available on Amazon. And I'm going to work with Emily <laughs> to try to get it uh, requested from our local libraries as well. Let's finish this episode with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Illusion by Aespa. I'm going to recommend Afterlike by Ivy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode all about books. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. 
You can find us on Instagram, also at Soulmates Podcast. We have a link tree there that links to all of our relevant social media accounts as well as Spotify. You can send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can check out some of our videos on YouTube under our channel name, Soulmates Podcast. You can find this program pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you like and subscribe because we will be here every other Friday in your ear holes. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.